Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Blind Donkey Runner High School Football Podcast. I'm excited because I have a part two for this week. On this week's, or this episode of the podcast, I have Coach Jeremy Green from our Murchie Indians Football, and I have Coach uh, Clayton Morris from West Carroll War Eagle Football. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy part two of week nine. I'm good, man. How are you, John? Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, I, when we last talked, you guys had just had a big win over Towns County. And since then, you guys have uh, entered a region play with a re, uh, one-and-one record in the region. Um, talk about how you feel about your team uh, a little under halfway through the region schedule. Well, um, you know, I'm really, really proud of them. Um, you know, we're still a really, really young team. Um, out of 54 players, uh, 40 are freshmen and sophomores. Wow. And um, on any given night, we average between 12 and 14 freshmen and sophomore starters. So, you know, starting five and one, you know, I thought we would make – I thought we would make uh, – you know, progress this year, which when you're trying to rebuild a program and you're just trying to make progress every year, but, you know, maybe we, uh, maybe, you know, maybe we're a little bit ahead of schedule. So that's been fun to watch. So that's been my biggest impression is that, you know, we've, um, we've had so many young kids that have played well and we've got some new players that have really helped us. I, the one, the game that I showed or I was able to attend, you guys played Weaver and you guys, that talent showed out. I mean, um, I think the score was like 45 to seven and you guys played really well that night. Yeah, that was a, that was a good night. You know, um, we had, we had, uh, were supposed to have played them the year before, but, um, they had to, uh, to cancel that game because of COVID. And, um, you know, we, we picked up team like Weaver, Alabama because they're about our size and enrollment. And, uh, you know, Alabama, is where we need to go to to play teams our size. <laughs> yeah, you know, if we're going to play schools around four or five hundred kids, you know, uh, everybody with that's close to us, uh, the closest class A school to us, you know, is a Towns County, right? In, in Georgia, that's not already in our region, right? You know, so you know, our Mercy has a long history of playing uh, schools from Alabama. I think it was like our twelfth or eleventh. Alabama team or maybe more than that so uh, that was that was a good night and you know that was it, it was fun to to play one that wasn't that I didn't have to worry about as much in the fourth quarter um do you guys ever go into like southeast Tennessee like around the Chattanooga area for schools or we, we would like to but they're on a um if I'm not mistaken, I can't remember if we got back in cycle with them, but there's a two-year scheduling cycle, right? So, so like, when you set to play each other, so, like, we played CUSA non-region this year. It was the second year of the contract, right? Right. So, you know, you sign a contract with somebody that's, you know, a home and away. And Tennessee was one year off of us. So – you couldn't – it was almost impossible. Like, you had to have some – like a three-team arrangement if you were going to do that. Oh, wow. You, you know, because, like, if you you know, if we were to go up and play, you know, say Marion County mm-hmm. next year, well, that would be the first year of our two new two-year scheduling cycle, but it would be the second year of theirs. Right. So, you know, um, I know that they had talked about resetting theirs after COVID, but I couldn't remember if they now- did not. They would be the same size as you, right? Because their single A up there is—is their single A single to or similar to single A in say the our area? Um, I know that Marion County High School is very similar in size to us. Yes. Oh, okay. I don't—I don't know what classification they are, but I know they're right—they're right around five hundred kids or so. I—I I think they're single A. Um, I know like South Pittsburgh is—I know they're single A. Right. Um, I'm actually, I got a friend who coaches, or I got two friends that coach up at, um, West Carroll up in the Northwest corner and they're, they're around 300, 400 students. Yeah. 
and then uh, a friend that coaches over at Dresden, and they're, I believe they're same size as well, just okay. in a different. And they just started coaching. Uh, they just started over there. So, I, no. um, now you guys are one and one in the region um, with a really close game against Mount Zion, twenty six to fourteen, and a uh, thirty five to fourteen win yeah. over Best Academy. Yeah. Um, talk about those two matchups for for a little bit. Like, well, how do you how do you feel about those games for your team? Well, you know, part of the evidence that we've made some progress here in our football culture is that we were really upset after the loss to Mount Zion. Um, you know, we scored on second play of the game. JJ House got a sixty something yard, you know, took a slant and went sixty yards. Um. You know, then they scored at seven to seven, seven to seven. You know, defenses were both playing good. And then late in the second quarter, we just coaches and players, you know, collectively did a poor job on the punt return. And Mount Zion scored, so it was fourteen seven at half. And then in the fourth quarter, it's twenty one fourteen. You know, and and we've got to make a stop. And um, we had what we thought was going to be a scoop and score. You know, and it was, the rest of it was down, and then, you know, they were able to eke out a couple first downs, and then they scored one late in the game to make it 28-14. And, you know, we felt like if we'd played a little bit better – and Mount Zion's a good football team. You know, mm-hmm. um, we felt like if, if we had played better, coached a little bit better, that um, that we could have beat them. You know, no no disrespect to them. You know, just that's that's where our, where our head was, and then – Going down to Best Academy, you know, we didn't get to play them last year either. Uh, that was mm-hmm. another COVID game. And um, so, you know, I was really proud of our team collecting itself after the loss to Mount Zion. You know, you don't want people to beat you twice, you know. Cause right. Down. And then, you know, we're going down to Lakewood, you know, playing at 530. So it was like a lot of, you know, it was a, a long, you know, two-hour bus ride, place we've never been. Playing early, playing against a very talented team, and and our kids played um, really, really, really hard. And you know, we got down eight and nothing early, and then you know it's thirty five or thirty two to eight, you know, in the fourth quarter. Um, so we, I was really pleased with the way our kids played. You know, we're able to bounce back. What's it like playing at five thirty when you're used to playing at seven thirty? Well, if you ask our kids, they'll tell you they like it because there is nothing worse than waiting all day for a football game. <laughs> yeah, um, I bet. Oh, my gosh. You know, you get out of school at, you know, 3 o'clock and you got four and a half hours left. You know, you go eat pregame meal at 4 and, you know, then you got, you know, that's that's a period of time that a lot of coaches worry about, you know. They mm-hmm. Try to call it focus time or they try to call it this or that, you know, because kids are just – you know, maybe have a couple of meetings, but you just got all these hours to grind away. And, you know, we were able to get out of school early to our bus ride. Everybody's asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, getting down there and <clears throat> we were able to eat at the, at Lakewood. Those people were very, very kind to us. Um, very, very hospitable. And um, we were able to eat and have our devotion and, and like, you know, kick off at 530 and some players loved it. Awesome. Um what is that stadium like down there? I've never, I've never been there. Well, getting to play in the spring at Jacksonville State helped us. Mm-hmm. Um, we got, you know, we got a chance to play on turf, and we got a chance to play in a big stadium like that. Just a huge stadium, you know, really like a a, a Division Two or FCS stadium. Oh wow! <laughs> so um, sorry. I think our kids weren't our kids weren't. Uh, you know, they weren't in awe of it because, you know, we did get to go to the spring and play at Jacksonville State and get to play in a big place. Was it Woodland you guys played at Jacksonville State? Yeah, Woodland, Alabama. Okay. Yeah. I thought I'd, somebody had told me that and I couldn't yeah. remember. Woodland, Woodland, Alabama. Um, I bet that – so are you one of those coaches that wants your team quiet as a mouse on the ride down there or are you kind of relaxed? Because I've heard different uh, – I, our, I had different aspects because when I was in high school, our wrestling, we were quiet as a mouse, but our track team, we were kind of rowdy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, on a long road trip, we we break the bus trip into two sections. 
Mm-hmm. All right. So, like, say we're say we're riding across town to to play somebody in our county. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I tell the guys, you know, I know what focus sounds like. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I know what focus doesn't sound like. Right. Um, football's different. You know, it, it's. Um, you know, you have to be in a, it's such a physical game and there's so much that you have to think and do in the game that you, right. can't, you can't turn the flip switch on and off. So, you know, if it's a short bus ride, yeah, we better we better be 100% business. Um, on a long bus ride, um, you know, so like basically when we were outside of Atlanta mm-hmm. going there, I kind of let them – you know, chill. A bunch of them are playing. There's like this new Techno Bowl football game app on their phone, and they're all playing. So you know, they're like, "Oh, I just beat so and so." But when we got really inside of the perimeter, it was like, "Okay, hey, you know, the ones that were asleep, I woke them up." You know, it was, "Hey, we're here." You know, from now on, this is a business trip, right? Um. Switching a little bit of topics, what have you learned about your team since the Towns County game? Um, well, I don't know that I've learned anything different specifically from then, but just learning about them, you know, since all the way going back to spring is this is one of the most close-knit groups of kids that I've ever been around. Mm-hmm. They like each other. Um, they like being around each other, and, and I'm seeing – you know, it's one of the things you always kind of know it, but you don't, you kind of forget how important that is. And, um, you know, like I said, I think people forget how, how young we are, you know, and to see that how well we've played at times, and we're still a long way away from being as good as we can be, but, but, but seeing how much they care about each other and being reminded of how much that actually matters in the game of football, you know, um, so that that's what I learned, you know, or relearned. Hmm. Um. After watching after watching film for the Best Academy game, um, who were the either standout players or standout units that you saw? Well, I mean, you know, our our linebackers um, continue to play pretty good. You know, Jr. Early, senior linebacker, Rylan Steen, uh, our sophomore middle linebacker, and. Um, Jesse Smith, a, a junior linebacker, they played, um, you know, really well and ran around and made tackles and affected the game. Um, you know, really, you know, uh, probably our defense, I guess, would be the, you know, the biggest standout, you know, overall collectively. Um, you know, like I said, they scored. We threw a pick in our own territory and they went down and scored and then they didn't score again until late in the fourth quarter after the game was out of hand. Mm-hmm. You know, best score on their first possession, last possession, and um, I think best tailback could start for everybody in our region. Can they? Oh wow, Bell, Nikway Bell, and he is very, very good. Um, and to be able to hem him up is, you know, a little bit helped. Mm-hmm. I know the game that I tra- I went to against Weaver, uh, JJ House, and your quarterback. I'm blanking on his name, Chandler DeSanto. Yes, they really impressed me. Like, um, he could run or he could throw. I mean, he was – that's what impressed me about uh, – Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Do what now? Oh, I, I I, I missed – I was – sorry, were you about to say something? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I no. I, I was, you know, talking about Chandler Santo. Um, you know, he's he's a junior – and, you know, he started since halfway through his freshman year. Oh, wow. You know, and one of the – I think one of the things that's made us a little bit better this year was is me, you know, me fully understanding what he – you know, what his skill set is, um, you know, and, and letting him be the quarterback that he needs to be, um, you know, which I think is, is important, you know. You know, what offense – you want to run or what you like, what, what's your quarterback good at? Let him do those things that he's good at. Right. And, um, and so that, that's helped, you know, let him run around, let him get the ball out of his hands quick. 
you know, let him throw some deep balls. And um, he's done a good job with that. Um, how are you guys uh, health-wise, injury-wise, going to uh, next week? Well, um, I won't name any names, but we we're going we we're going to take a pretty big hit this week with one of our players. So, oh man, um, we're going to have to be we'll have to be scrambling a little bit to uh, you know to to play someone that's a team leader and. And we've we've had um, one of our you know, players uh, has been out for a while now. You know, one of our best players, Cameron Parker, mm-hmm. number ten. He's a slot receiver and kick returner, team leader. You know, played played everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's on the verge of you know he'll either be back this coming week or the next week, hopefully. Um, but you know, it's been better injury wise than it has been because we we play. We started with 22 people, 11 on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been better, you know, injury-wise than it has been. But, uh, you know, we've taken a few losses, you know, of uh, some key players. Mm. And those, I know uh, those are can hit hard because I, I saw that uh, Georgia's – one of Georgia's uh, returning uh, players, Takey Smith, got – He's coming back off a foot injury, and he tears his ACL last night. Wow. So, yes, I, I believe Who was so. it? Who was it? Uh, Tyke Smith. Oh. The transfer from West Virginia. Oh, man, dang. Yeah, so I don't even think he's played, but if one game, maybe. Wow. Um, so I know those can hit hard. Um. So you guys have uh, – forgive me, I didn't do research. I didn't look at the schedule. Who do you guys have this coming up Friday? Trying. Oh, yeah, that's right. Or this Thursday, actually. Yep. Um, it's at Trying, correct? No, it's at home. We play okay. Trying and Gordon Lee at home, then we travel to Bowden. That's going to be a – that's a rough schedule. <laughs> well, those, those are – well, I won't get into uh, – those three teams have – that's a you guys are in a tough region, just to say that. Uh the class A region is not the worst region in northwest Georgia. True. <laughs> um, you know, you look at Bowden. Bowden, I think, drops a pass at the end of the Harrison game or something. Mm-hmm. Or like a two point conversion or it got knocked down. Like they lost to Harrison fourteen twelve, right? Four yeah, fourteen ten. Yeah, you know, fourteen ten, you know. Um and I think they were dealing with some injuries when that happened. And then they beat Bream, and then they beat Hurd. Um, you know, and then, I mean, trying's trying. You know, they're yeah. very, very, very good. And, and uh, um, you know, I mean, this year in, year out, the, the, the single-A region, you know, has great football. Um, so, I mean, I think, you know, we could uh, – our region could compete with a lot of others. There's a lot of tradition in your region too, because you know I've noticed that you know Bowden and Gordon Lee have played each other at least fifty times, and Trine and Gordon Lee have played each other so many times, like a bunch of times. And I've just noticed a lot of tradition in that region. The two teams that we've played the most in our history, in our mm-hmm. Murphy football history, Trine number one and Gordon Lee number two. Oh wow! And. Those are the two teams that we have the most wins against in, in our history. We beat Gordon Lee more than any other team. We've been trying a second. We've been playing trying to Gordon Lee for you know for fifty something years. Wow. A lot of people, because of the last you know decade and a half or so, whatever you know, have kind of associated our Murchie with okay, Model Coos and Pepple. But that was not the case. Mm-hmm. You know, sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties. Our Murchie was a Class A team. You know, and it was Bowden and Bremen and 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 trying and um and gordon lee and you know mount zion and um you know even back when you know when i was in high school it was calhoun and Daresville and darlington were class a with us oh wow and that that was that was the region it was gordon lee calhoun and Daresville, um or murchie trying gordon lee you know some years would be bad or not i think trying and gordon lee actually have the longest concurrent uh, the longest running High school rivalry in the state of Georgia. I believe you're correct. 
yeah, like some crazy amount of games consecutively. But I think um, it's fifty six, if I'm not mistaken. I could I be wrong. I think it's more than that. Oh wow! <laughs> I may be I may be wrong. I may be wrong, but I, I, you might be right. Fifty six would we'll just put it in the seventies. I ain't so sure. <laughs> it ain't been oh, it's, that. Then it's probably more than that. <laughs> uh, we've played. We've played Tryon and Gordon Lee each around 50 times apiece. Oh, wow. 50, you know, 45 to 50 times, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's amazing. You think about it. We've played Tryon and Gordon Lee more than anybody else. They hadn't been in our region in 20 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. They hadn't even been in our So, you know, but um, the move back to Class A collectively for Armory High School has been very, very good. You know, we finished second in the Director's Cup last year behind Commerce. You know, um, had, you know, had sports win state championships, finished second in state. We had state champion wrestlers, state champion track, you know, um, individual track um, athletes, uh, you know, state softball, you know. Um, you know, football ha- didn't change a whole, whole lot because, you know, you're mm. still playing great teams. Right. But you're still playing people that, that have about the same amount of depth as, as you do and I think people sometimes forget how much classification matters. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, you're Armurchy and you're sitting there for, you know, 15 to 18 years. You're the smallest school or one of the smallest schools in AA. Mm -hmm. You know, just year in, year out. And then people forget teams like Rome and Rockmark. They (laughs) got bumped down in classification because people got asked to move up. Rome got to be. Rome got to be a 6A school in 5A for four years. Oh, jeez. State championships. <laughs> that helps them out a lot. Uh, yeah, it helps. Yeah, it helps. And I'm not saying they weren't a great football team. I'm just saying, like, being with schools that are roughly your same size mm-hmm. helps so much. A whole school across the board. And, 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 and now people don't think about that. And now Rome's going to have to move up to 7A, I believe. And I don't I – don't, I don't know anything about that. I just know we'll be Class A again. <laughs> um, it's kind of weird to think of Calhoun being single A because yeah. they've been a dominant program in double A and triple A and five A now yeah. as long as I can remember. Well, see, there was only four classifications for a long time. So like when I was in school, there were four classes. Listen to the 90s. Mm-hmm. And then going into the 2000 season – Going into the 2000 season, they um, the state of Georgia decided there's so many new schools they needed to make 5A. Right. So they added the classification. But what that did was is it took the big single A schools and play. Right. So and the small double A schools got got to stay down in double A. So the Armurchies region all of a sudden, you know, went from Gordon Lee trying um, model Darlington. Uh, that was pretty much the region trying to think if there's anybody else in it. To in Adairsville, to Armurchie, Adairsville, and Calhoun going up to Double A, mm-hmm. and then absorbing Chattooga, Rockmart, Cartersville, um, Lafayette, all them all in the same region all of a sudden. Oh wow! Region. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that was a really that was a really tough road to hoe. Oh you yeah. Know, in the early 2000s, that's that's that was Armurchie's region. Mm-hmm. Not March to uh, Daresville, Cartersville for a few years. <laughs> Cartersville was the cream of the crop then. Yeah, and then what changed Calhoun's, you know, what changed Calhoun is, uh, I think that third year with Hal Am is they, they beat Cartersville. Mm-hmm. You know, they were, Hal Am's first year at Calhoun's 1999. You know, or Murchie, we beat them. Um, I think they went two and eight. Oh, wow. And, they, and then they, they were in Class A. Um, and then, you know, they, they bumped up to double A, won a few games and then boom, then they became, you know, what they, what they are now. Mm -hmm. They're just unstoppable right now. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Um, my cousin plays for the middle school over at Woodland middle and, uh, he had to go up there and fill their wrath. (laughs) Yeah. City, city schools, uh, tend to do well. (laughs) Aren't they? I think they're supposed to. The new GHSA rule is uh, they're the multiplier is three now. Oh uh, yeah, that, and that's mainly trying to address trying to address private schools and city schools. Yeah, right. 
Now, Armarchy is county, correct? Yes. Okay, I, th- I thought so. I thought yep. Rome was the only city school. Yep, yep, Rome's the city school, and then Armarchy Model, Coos, and Pepperell are all Floyd County schools. Awesome. Um, getting back to trying, um, what challenges do you see them bringing to Armarchy offensively and defensively? Well, you know, Tryon's got a long tradition of football. They they love it. And mm-hmm. like I said, a long standing rivalry with us. So they always play well against us. Um, that's a challenge right off the bat. And then um, they've got a huge senior class. You know, one of their coaches is a good buddy of mine. And I mean, he even told me in offseason, this is the class we've been waiting on. <laughs> you know, so um, kind of like where we feel like we'll be in a couple of years when our, you know, like, when our 40-something freshmen and sophomores are juniors, seniors. They got a great tailback. Rob Brown, he's he's bigger than a lot of people's offensive linemen. Jeez. Um, he's, he's a good player. They got a little freshman quarterback they just promoted. Uh, I think he throws it throws it pretty well. But then they, they've just got – they don't have any weak spots. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, you know, on the field at any given moment, you know, they don't have any guys that aren't football players. Right. Well, they don't have any pretenders, you know. And like I said, they have just a, such a great tradition. You know, football matters so much to them that, you know, even in a school with 350 or so kids, they, you know, they're always going to be able to have 11 good ones on the field. So that's the biggest challenge is offensively and defensively, as you know, they're not going to help you out. Mm-hmm. They're not going to come over here and not be ready to play or, they're not going to come over here and lay an egg or, or whatever. So, you know, I'm just glad we got them at home because I feel like when you go over there, you're now 14 points when you get off the bus. <laughs> um, what's their environment like over there? Since you said it's like being down 14 points, what's what's their you know stadium like? What's the environment like? Bamar McCain, they don't have a they don't have a a, a track right, so like they're right on top of you. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, it's actually a little different than it used to be. You know. Um, a very nice new facility, you know, or, or you know, re-updated facility, or whatever. But uh, you know, it used to be, you know, a really, really tough place to play. Like they throw stuff out of the stands at you. Oh, jeez. You know, like we got video of me, me and some of my buddies in high school. A buddy, of mine named Chuck Brendel, who's actually an official now. You know, we make a stop on defense, and you see them celebrating, and you see stuff coming flying out of the stands and hitting him. Oh, jeez. You know, uh, I was, I mean. You know, I kind of miss that stuff. They don't, that stuff doesn't exist anymore. No. <laughs> you know, like I don't want our fans to do that, and, and I don't want it to happen to us. But I remember as a player, you know, like you're walking out behind, you know, or your locker room comes out behind Trine's stands, and, you know, you here comes a Coke bottle filled with rocks. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> but, I mean, I kind of, you know, my kids today, they'll never understand that. Like, that'll never mm-hmm. – I still never, you know, be able to process that right out of the environment, and they're not like that. That tries not like that anymore. But, um, you know, it, it is a tough. It's a tough place to play. That's just asking for trouble when your the opposing team locker room is behind the home fans. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yep, and walk right behind them. Um, it is it Bowden or Bremen is like that too, or uh, Bremen. Bremen, okay. Yeah, I knew there was one of I get I used to get when I was younger I used to get those two mixed up really. <clears throat> oh yeah, don't do that down there. Then people will probably. Oh no, you. oh no. <laughs> That's like uh, going. Which one of y'all's Auburn and which one of y'all's Alabama? Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh geez. Um, yeah. Y'all stadium really impressed me. I mean, there was y'all had y'all had bleachers from uh, end zone to end zone. I was really I really I really like the environment at Oh Mercy. You know, I need you to take that back because I'm trying to get them to build us some new stuff. Okay, so oh, I need you to talk bad about it. <laughs> <laughs> and dilapidated, man. It's not uh, It's not new. We need new stuff, right? Yes, sir. Okay, thank you very much. <laughs> but your fans were really into the game. Like it was loud in there. I I, I loved it. Yeah, yeah, that's one thing about our merch is we got good fans. We got a good community. You know. And I talk about this a lot of times, you know, our Murchie is a community school. Our Murchie is a place, mm-hmm. you know, and we're not east or north or whatever this or that, you know, or, 
like some made up place, you know, or Murchie is a place and it is a community and it has a heart and the heartbeat is the school. And so like, even sometimes when we're not doing great, you know, we'll have, you know, great fans and travel well and, you know, and things like that. So that, that is one thing I love about Marburg. Awesome. Um, I mean, I was, me and my sister were really impressed. Um, I don't know. It was, it was youth night and there was a ton of people there for that. Yeah. Uh, but man, it was, it was awesome. Yep. Um, so, you know, you mentioned it's the heartbeat of the community. What does football mean to Armergy? Well, you know, when I think that, and some people don't like to talk about this, but it's it's just true. Okay, mm-hmm. football kind of sets the tone for for your school year. You know, like having a little bit of success in football helps a lot of other things. You know, and you know the football. You know, Friday nights is where everybody can come together. You know, you think about it, it's the largest gathering place for most communities. The football stadium is the largest gathering place available. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think it um, that's what it represents. It represents, you know, where everybody can come together and be together in one place and support kids. Um, and when you're winning a few games, it sure does help. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and I think people out here for a long time have been, been really frustrated, you know, um, being a smaller school, playing up, you know, for almost, you know, for really two decades, um, you know, just kind of slowly, you know, it was, it was tough, you know, tough sledding, had a little success here and there, you know, played in the region championship game back in 2009 against Calhoun, um, in the, the double A region. Oh, wow. Um, but I think, I think people were ready, you know, to try to, you know, to have some success. And, and that's what I always, you know, people are like, what are your, what are your goals? I said, you know, you know, other than producing good husbands and fathers, I said, we want to have a, a program that our community is proud of. Right. Whatever that looks like. If that's 15 and 0, 5 and 5, 0 and 10. If our community is proud of our football team, then we then, then we're successful. I, I being there that night, I feel like our Murchie is proud of our Murchie cuz you guys you guys showed out that night. Well, we're good. I'm I'm I don't always get to see it from the outside in, so um I felt bad I didn't get a C after the game, but my sister had to go to work the next morning. <laughs> well, we'll we'll meet up sometime. Oh yeah. Um, what's the best coaching advice you've ever gotten from somebody? Um, they better know that you love them. You know that they better know that you love them. Uh, you know, there's a a really good book about parenting called Nurture Shop that I read probably a decade ago and. And one of the things that it talked about in, in that book was, you know, they're doing research into like spanking, you know, not like, you know, abusing kids, you know, but like just spanking, you know. Mm-hmm. And what they found was, is that whatever culture that kid lived in and what their culture taught about spanking was what determined how they, like whether spanking, how spanking affected them, right? So mm-hmm. like if a kid came from a culture where it's like, oh, spanking child abuse, and that kid was spanked, it like messed them up. Right. If a kid came from a culture where it was like, look, hey, spanking is a discipline sign of love, those kids weren't like emotionally damaged from it. They didn't grow up and have problems. Right. And that's a really long way of me saying this. If a kid knows that you love them, when you need to get on their butt to get them going, they'll accept it. Mm-hmm. If their perception is that you don't love them and that's why you're getting on their butt, then, you know, you've got major problems. So they better know that you love them because. There's always going to be a, a time when you're as a coach where, you know, you're going to have to apply pressure mm-hmm. and you can't just be this screaming mad jerk, you know, no. you know, um, and, and you shouldn't be that all the time anyway, but there's going to come a time when you have to put, you know, when you have to kind of put the hammer down a little bit. Right. And that kid better know that you love them. And also too, they need that anyway. You know, they need an extension of their own family. Right. You know, and uh, so they better know that you love them. They don't care how much you know and all that stuff. I completely agree. Kids nowadays, you know, it. I don't I don't think they know some of that stuff. Well, you know, here's the thing about mine. Most of my kids, 
They're not trying to get out of the bad side of town, and they're not trying to get off the farm. Mm-hmm. They have pretty decent lives for the most part away from football. So football has to be fun here, and mm-hmm. and and they got you know, and they got to like you know, everybody's got to like each other, get along, love each other because it's not life or death to mine. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes when you got kids where it's like, and I've worked with some coaches before, it's like, hey, listen, you know, I got your scholarships college scholarship in my hand you know <laughs> right um you know kids are desperate to make it um and i guess that's another piece of advice is know your kids you know know what motivates them to play you know yeah i i completely agree that's that's pretty intense yeah yeah um i'll get on some more fun questions and i'll let you get out of here uh, all right have you had a chance to pay attention to the MLB playoffs or the break? Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, Freddie hit that home the other night. I was one nut. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I was too. I was like, yes. I mean, I was like, they kept – it was 2 nothing, and it was 2-2. Two, two. It was 4-2, four, and then it was 4 not 4-4. Four, four. Yeah. And I was like, ah. And I was like, come on. And then I knew they had Josh Hader in there, and I was like, all right, come on. We got to pull it out here. Yep. First pitch. Bam. Yep. Um, have you uh, got to watch any more uh, or any college football? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I watch. I watch as much as I can. Uh, I've uh, I really enjoyed following Coastal Carolina. Mm-hmm. I'm a Georgia Tech fan, but I'm not a I'm not a rabid, you know, fan or anything like that. Um, I've been a Georgia Tech fan since I was little, but. I used to love those old Nebraska teams. You know, I loved, you know, watching the uh, Boise State when they were doing what they were doing. And mm-hmm. I always like, you know, picking up and following some smaller team that's, that's you know, doing some, some good things. I'm a, I'm a I'm more of a fan of the game as a whole, you know. Right. I used to – okay, do you like the triple option or do you like the new uh, offense from Georgia Tech? The triple option is – the greatest offense in the history of football. Okay, oh, I mean yeah. it just is. I mean, you look at the two teams that have played Nick Saban off his feet, the Citadel and Georgia Southern. Mm-hmm. Back when Georgia Southern was triple, it's twenty-one, twenty-one. Right. The year Alabama wins national championship, Georgia Southern. Right. You know. Um, yeah, I mean uh, Paul Johnson is top three, one of the best coaches that Georgia, that Georgia Tech's ever had. His record says that, and he did it during the most difficult time in college football. Mm-hmm. You know, Georgia Tech won at 90, and I, and I love that. But, I mean, there was no – there was, you know, there was no Miami or Florida State or Virginia Tech in the ACC. There was no ACC championship game. Right. And then, you know, and then you beat number 15 Nebraska in the Citrus Bowl. You know, it wasn't playoff. It wasn't this or that, you know. And Paul Johnson was doing it in the, in the most difficult time to do it. Um, it's just people don't like it. You know, the triple option is broccoli. It, it's really good for you, and it really works. Not everybody likes how it tastes. But if you can find somebody, you know, if you could take somebody like Auburn and mm-hmm. get the same kids Auburn gets and get them to buy into it, nobody would want to play it. Nobody. Yeah, I agree. Nobody. Um, it, it's just getting kids to want to do it. <laughs> Don't let my dad know this, but he already knows this. But uh, I was always a fan of the triple option, even though I was a Georgia fan. Yeah. Because when your quarterback is always a threat to run, that's somebody else that somebody's got to watch out for. Yeah. You're defending You're defending five skill players, not four. Right. Here's the other thing. And this kind of shows you, you know, what the average person knows about football. Everybody's still running it. Right. Everybody's still running it. You read that you're in the shotgun. You read the defensive end. Okay, the defensive end squeezes, so the quarterback pulls it. He rolls out and he hits a guy on a slant. Mm-hmm. Well, they, everybody goes, "That's RPO." He read the defensive end, and then he kept it. And he kept running it, and then the slant was just the pitch. Mm-hmm. It's a triple option. It just looks different. Yeah, I, I see that now. Yeah, it's still triple. Um, I was. A he- oh, I was a huge fan of Tech when uh, the Austin Twins were there and Quay Searcy was there. Yeah, uh, 
because I followed them from when they were in high school at Lamar yeah, County. Yeah. Um, but I was always a fan of them. And then um, I've got a one of the schools I follow out of Kentucky, Murray High. Their coach just brought in the triple option there. Yeah. So uh, they, I mean, they had 505 yards of run uh, total offense, and they lost the game. <laughs> <laughs> it was running. Yeah, I think uh, their quarterback's thrown for a total of like eighteen passes all year. Yeah, so they they're completely triple option heavy. <laughs> yeah, well, I've always said if if you gave the quarterback passing yards for the pitch, you know, <laughs> it, people it would give people a better understanding, you know, of how, of how many yards get generated by that. So that makes sense. But the biggest thing is 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 you control the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, and you don't – it allows you to compete against people that are better than you. When you think about it, if you're reading one on the line and then you're pitching off of a, of a second – off of the linebacker, that means they really only are playing with nine players. You're not playing with 11. Mm-hmm. You know, so that you – know, it's, it's not it's 11 versus nine and not 11 versus 11. Right. Um, does Coastal run the triple? Or I don't Oh, know. yes. Very, very heavy, yes. Triple option, and then, they, you know, the RPOs with it. And they still run power counter and zone. Um, Joey King was there recently, wasn't he? Yes, he was. He was a wideout coach. Okay, now he's he's at Carrollton now. Yes, yes. Oh. Uh, so, I, he was at, he went from Cartersville to there, and um, so I know a little bit about what he's doing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Probably, probably want to come back to high school, you know, to get a, get the pay raise. Oh well, maybe. <laughs> That's <I mean>. what, <laughs> it's like a lot of those assistants, man. People don't realize, you know, you know, you're just a regular assistant at a at a college football team. You're not, you know. There's a lot of places in Georgia to make more money. <laughs> you know, I mean, um, you're especially right. when you get below one, you know, Division One. Right. I mean, Cartersville. I know Cartersville can pay you a lot, and Rome and Carrollton, they. They've got the money. Yeah. I'm just talking about just individually. I mean, you know, you know, you go to West Georgia or somewhere like that, you know, what's the DB coach making, you know? And and that's, that's why a lot of those places are stepping stones, you know. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get rich doing that. <clears throat> People right. trying to move up the ladder. Um, yeah, I completely agree because you hear all the coaches, you hear all the head coaches making a lot of money, but you don't know about the systems and the systems probably are – not it's different yeah <laughs> it's different right um so you've got trying next week and i'm looking forward to seeing you guys match against trying uh I, the, I heard from someone they have a really tall guy i can't remember his name cole caven yes yes number five um is he a receiver i'm he's tight end receiver yeah Okay. Um, how how do you match up with somebody that tall as a as a receiver or a <laughs> D-bag? Well, um, the first thing you do is get to the quarterback. Well, that helps. <laughs> you know that's that's the other thing, and um, and then you know we, I mean, if a guy's that much taller than you, you know what we we just you know we have a technique that we. That we that we teach, um, you know, whether we're in man or whether we're in zone, but um, you know, that, that's I'm not going to talk about it here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get his hands down, you know what I mean. When that ball goes up, get his hands down. Right, that makes sense. <laughs> He's as tall as you when he keeps his hands down. Ah, uh, true. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, coach, I've really enjoyed this, and I look forward to talking to you again. And toward the middle end of the season, and uh, yeah, man, I really enjoy talking to you. Uh, good luck against the Bulldogs, and uh, protect the protect the reservation. We're gonna do our best. It's, it's gonna be tough. We're gonna throw everything we got at them. And I appreciate what you do, and you do a good job, man. Thank you. Thank, thank you, sir. What time do you guys play on Thursday night? Seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. Yep. All right. Well, hope everybody turns out in the merch and good luck against the Bulldogs. All uh, right. Thank you. Thank you. You have a good one. All right. Bye bye. Next up on the podcast, Coach Clayton Morris from West Carroll, War Eagle Football. 
I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. Sounds like you've had a hectic fall break. A little bit, yeah. It's been uh, fall breaks are always crazy during football season, but yes, sir. Um, how's practice been for you guys for the fall break? Did I lose you? Oh, there we go. Lose you. Oh. Uh, how has practice been for you guys on fall? I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you. Say that again. Uh, it's been a little different. You know, we went in the morning, so it kind of threw a, a monkey wrench into uh, the routine of the kids and routine of the coaches. But you know, the first morning practice was was a little uh, lethargic. But after that, we really got things going, and I thought we ended up having a pretty good week of practice. It's rough getting up that early that first time, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, and, and you think, well, they get up early for school, so let's just go ahead and get up and get it out of the way and be done with it. But it's different getting up for school or getting up for, for you know for football practice. So it's it's just a little bit different. But I, you know, our kids responded well, and and like I said, we could really hit a stride by Tuesday, and and so it looks like things are you know kind of went our way with that. Uh, my wife it just started her fir- uh, her job on first shift now, so we're getting used to that. So kind of feel you on that one. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit different again. All about routine. Oh yeah. Um, how are y'all injury wise coming off this? Are y'all pretty healthy or? You know, we're pretty. We, we needed that bye week. We had some uh, minor nicks, bangs, bruises, some sorenesses, some swollen joints. You know, you go on a seven game stretch there and and it's uh you know it's it's physically draining and mentally draining so i i'm really pleased to where we are health-wise coming out of the bye week and then even in the fall break and and uh i've been i've been pleased with our physicality at practice how fast we're moving around our closed speed on defense and our physicality and pad level on offense and so i i I think that bye week really did us some good health-wise and hopefully we see that pay off tonight do you feel like the the kids enjoy the morning practices, getting out, getting it done early, or do you? Feel I think like it's a mixed bag. I think some do, and I think some don't. Um, you know, it, kids, are, and I'm, I, you know, I was that way when I was their age. If you allow me to sleep to three, four o'clock in the afternoon, I will. <laughs> um, and so it, it's just, you know, I think it's better when you when you can to just get it done and get it out of the way because we have a lot of kids that want to go work. Uh, we also have a lot of kids whose parents work different shifts and and travel and, and car rides and transportation and and so it just it just seemed to fit more of the schedules when I asked I actually asked all our parents and kids you know which would you rather do and I had more morning responses than evening so uh, you know it, it, again it, it's it's hard to get up that early and get in that mindset to go practice football but you can get a lot more done in the day when, when you kind of get it over by 10, 30, 11 o'clock in the morning, or even, you know, a little bit earlier than 10 you're done with, and, and you can move on. Right. Um, looking ahead to Greenfield, uh, what kind of challenges do you think they throw at you guys? You know, here, here's the, I guess the, the biggest challenge that I think we're going to face tonight outside of the, you know, I think the weather is going to be a, a little bit of an issue. We're trying to keep an eye on that. We've got some, potentially dangerous thunderstorms moving in around kickoff right now is what it looks like. So we're going to have to, we're going to have to pay attention to that, but Greenfield season's on the line. If they don't win this game tonight, they're out of playoff contention. Uh, so I really expect us to get Greenfield's best game. Um, and, and with that, you also get some, you know, trick plays, some different formations, maybe some different defensive looks, you know, maybe a little bit more gambling than you normally would, uh, in a normal game, and so I, I really expect the kitchen sink to be thrown at us, so to speak, and and that's hard to prepare for. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Greenfield's always played West Carroll tough. They've always battled with West Carroll, and and so on top of that, we're going to be getting probably a lot of things that uh, that their coaching staff knows that they can't hold back at this point in the season. You know, again, this is if they lose this game, yeah, they've got two games left in the season, but they they won't have a shot at playoffs. Do they have more of a running attack, or are they a lot of? Are they a passing team? You know, it's it's really week to week with them, um, and I think it's more of a what do they feel like they could take advantage of the most? Mm-hmm. You know, some weeks they look like they're a little bit more pass happy than run happy, and then there's some weeks that they won't go any spread sets at all, and it'll be more run heavy, single wing type stuff, some double wing, and so you know, I, I don't know, you know, I really don't know when you look at us, 
you know, how you really want to attack us, you know, because we've had some games where our secondary has been susceptible to some big plays. And then we've had some games where our secondary has been pretty much locked down. And then we've had some games where it's really hard to run on us in a box. And then we've had some games where we've missed tackles in the box. You know, Lake County was able to have a lot of success running right off tackle on us uh, two weeks ago. So, I, I, you know, we're, we're preparing for both ways. And, and But, you know, the great thing is, is I do think we'll know Greenfield's game plan pretty early in the first quarter. Um, I don't think that they're going to wait around, especially being on the road. They've been at our house. They're not going to wait around and try to fill things out. They're, they're going to come out swinging with what they feel like is their best swing early and, and try to get us frustrated. So it's just on us as a coaching staff to adapt quick, understand how they're trying to attack us on both sides of the football, and, and then execute the game plan. Uh, how do you feel like your offense, is, offense matches up against their defense? You know, I really think we can have a lot of success, both running and throwing. Uh, and, and us being able to throw the ball a little bit on Lake County, uh, I think is actually probably hurting Greenfield a little bit because now you have to decide, are you going to load the box? Are you going to put eight-plus in the box and, and make Xander and the receivers, you know, beat you? Uh, or are you going to play, you know, a one or two high safety shell type thing because the receivers – and Xander were able to connect against Lake County. And, and this isn't a shot at Greenfield because Lake County has better athletes than we did in, in space. You know, mm-hmm. Lake County's DBs are better than our receivers as far as athletic, you know, capabilities is concerned. Um, and, and, and so Lake County's DBs are also better than Greenfield's DBs. And so I think it puts, you know, I, I try to think about if I was in that situation. I think it puts them in, in a little bit of a pickle as far as their game plan you know, what is it that they're going to do up until the Lake County game? It was simply, you know, let's just load the box and see if we can stop the run. And in our passing game, we begin to develop a little bit. So maybe we're able to take advantage of that and hopefully we can get the run game going. I do think our line is better than their line and, and maybe we can impose our will offensively and have some good long physical drives and ends in six. Mm-hmm. Um, where is Green? Did you guys play them at Murray? I know we did does. not play them at Murray. Um, I actually, that was my first high school coaching job was in Greenfield. So it's in oh, Weekly really? County, real close to Martin, Tennessee, which is the University of Tennessee. Martin is there. Um, it's, it's, uh, I don't know really else how to explain it. I mean, it's just, a, it's a, it's a little old, little old West Tennessee town on, on, uh, along 45 highway there in, in Northwest Tennessee. It sounds like it's closer to Dresden than you guys, isn't it? Is it? It is. It is closer to Dresden. Yeah, it's closer to Dresden than we are. Oh, okay. Um, speaking of Martin, uh, that kind of reminds me of something. I was going to get into some fun questions with you. What is the weirdest thing you've seen at a football game? Gosh, weirdest thing I've seen at a football game. Man. I'll, I'll explain my why I asked this question because they have a, a dog, a golden retriever, that brings out the tea, the kicking tea. Really? Yes. Well, I don't think I've seen anything that that crazy at all. I, uh, I've never seen anything crazy bringing out kicking tees or anything like that. And we've never actually, knock on wood, had any kind of weird animal storm over the field during games. I, I, I don't know really. I, I, I don't know if I've ever had anything that just stopped, popped out in my mind. Like, well, that's really weird. Um, it happens a lot in minor league baseball because you'll have like squirrels run across the field or cats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, I just thought of that question. I was, you know. Yeah, you know, we had one game when I was at Murray. We went over to the Army base at Fort Campbell for a game, and, and it was just – it was different because of all the protocols we had to go through to get on the base. You know, the field mm-hmm. was on the base. And so, you know, there was a lot more stipulations. And that and that whole game was weird. You know, that, that environment was different. And, you know, it's that more of a military town type environment, and you're just not used to that unless that's where you're from or that's what you grew up in. And so, I mean, that was a little weird, uh, but it wasn't just one particular situation or instance that made it weird. That whole night was weird. Uh, uh, sometimes I forget they're in Murray's region because they don't play very well. Yeah, no, they don't. You know, they, again, if you go back to the early 2000s, Fort Campbell was really good. Um, they, they were pumping out NFL caliber players every, you know, every year. Oh wow! And uh, you know, just like most military bases, you you have you have change in command, and different people come in, and and uh, families move all over the place. And you know, Fort Campbell isn't as big as it used to be. You know, it's not as much of a boom base as it once was, and and so there's not as many families housed there as there once was, and so that's kind of hurt them in numbers and, and talent level here recently. Uh, Murray just got done playing them in Ballard, so there. yeah, yeah. Murray's got a good one tonight. You know, Caldwell, I don't think Caldwell is, is near as good as they have been in years past. But, you know, Caldwell's still a, a good team, a very formidable foe. And 
I think it's going to be a good measuring stick for Coach Bowling and the Tigers over there and seeing what they're seeing where they're at as they go into the to the game with Mayfield. That you know Mayfield's had circled on that calendar for over for a year now. So oh, yeah, you know they're going to enter a little bit of a stretch here where they're going to have to be playing some good football and and uh, you know going into November and seeing how the the playoff season is going to shake out for them. Um, a little off topic, but uh, what does football mean to the West Carroll community? You know, it, it, it we are West Carroll is kind of sandwiched in a football hotbed as far as uh, expectations, as far as talent, and as far as uh, enthusiasm. And and uh, Carroll County has you know very good football in it. You know, we've got McKenzie High School, which we've already played. You know, they've got some SEC talent on their team, and they're still undefeated. And then you go up the road the other way just a little bit, and you come to a town called Huntington. They're two A, and, <clears throat> and they're always competitive. They're 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 year in year out state semifinal appearance makers and and they they're just really good at what they do real physical football it's in the same county and then five minutes down the road the other way you got Milan High School which is four A this year they were three A last year got runner up in the state made it to the state title uh, so you've just got a lot of really good football around here and and, and West Carroll's expectation and enthusiasm about the sport is no different I mean you're like I said, you're sandwiched in a hotbed. You know, we may be the smallest school in this area, but we've got some really good football players, and and the and the community and the town and the school really rallies around it. And you know, it basketball is is kind of the heartbeat of this school. I've kind of noticed that from the Facebook page or the Twitter. You guys have a lot of support on Facebook and Twitter. Oh yeah, yeah. And again, you know, it's it's a it's it's a marketing system. You know, how can you market your program? And and if you can market your program, you can market your school and. And get kids excited about what it is going on with the school and in this crazy time that everything's going on, you know, some normalcy. And I think sports can offer that right now. Um, you mentioned basketball. How uh, how competitive are they in the region? I, I think uh, I think our boys' team is probably the team to beat this year. I think they have state you know state expectations. They've got a really good senior class returning this year. Uh, they got a they got a one player that's uh, ranked in the nation as far as uh, players. I don't know exactly what he's ranked, but he's really good. Oh, wow. um, and uh, I wish we had him on the football field too. But you know <laughs> he, he's going to make his money in the gym, and we all understand that. And he's got some other seniors that are just as good, if you know, if not a little overlooked. And and I think the boys' team is going to be very, very, very competitive especially until they get to that subsectional round. Um, you know, they may not be tested very much until then unless they just don't play well. And uh, the girls team is, is going to have a real strong year as well. You know, I'm still learning that, that program out as well, but he's got a lot of returning players, a lot of returning production from last year. And, and Coach K has just really been kind of building that girls program up. And, and I think they're going to be competitive. But uh, boys basketball has a legit shot to bring home a title this year, in my opinion. Um, coach Mansfield is the boys coach, correct? Yes, he is. Okay, I just I found him on Twitter earlier. Um, what are some other athletics that stand out at West Carroll? Ah, you know, <clears throat> I haven't been around long enough yet to really kind of see the the spring sports. You know how excited this place gets about spring sports. You know, growing up, uh, Tresent, which is one of the towns that feeds into West Carroll, uh, used to have some really good baseball teams that we used to play in summer league teams and. And I don't know if baseball is still, you know, a big thing here like it used to be when I was growing up and, or softball. I'm not sure. We'll have to wait and see kind of when that, you know, we start changing the guard, so to speak, you know, when basketball starts winding down and the spring sports come. Uh, I thought there was a little bit more excitement about the volleyball team this year than I, than I kind of imagined there would be. And, and they ended up having some some success. And, and, and the band is doing really well. As a matter of fact, they're practicing here right now and, and they've been coming in towards the top of the competitions they've been. It's a real small band. I think it's around 50 or so members, but they do a great job, and they put in the time. And, you know, so I, I think that, you know, while West Carroll doesn't offer as many extracurriculars as, say, a Murray does, but what what West Carroll does offer it is a lot of pride in those programs, and, and I think they all have a relatively high amount of success. Selfishly, do you guys have cross-country? Uh, we do have cross country. We do. And okay. and I don't know. It was I don't know if it's new or if it was just kind of a down year. She had a few runners. She had a hard time getting some runners out this year. Um, but um, I, we did have a cross country team. Uh, I don't know if you know, but I'm a dork about running. So, yeah, you, you've talked about that before. Uh, you told me and Coach Hodge that that you really enjoy running. Uh, so I'm, I, I'm 
uh, good friends with Coach Man, uh, well, Matting, who was over at uh, Fulton County. Now he's coaching his daughter at Graves County. So we get into the cross country a lot. Um, best coaching advice you've ever gotten? <clears throat> oh, best coaching advice I've ever gotten. Uh, I would say, I would say, um, well, there's really two things. Number one, and, and I've kind of molded it into what I tell our kids is 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 being the now, and I and I use a saving term: be where your feet are. Um, you know, the past is the past, and the future will take care of itself if you're doing what you can control in the now. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes it's too easy to get wrapped up in what what could have been, or or a mistake that you may have made, or even a good play that was made. You know, and and, and not focusing on the now. Uh, but for, as far as a coaching that just relates to us coaches. Uh, one thing that I tell my coaches and they're young coaches, and I kind of learned this the hard way. And I think Keith Hodge was a, was a huge asset in teaching me this. It's not necessarily what, you know, as a coach, it's mm-hmm. what you can get your kids to understand and even take that to another level. How fast can you get them to understand it? And how fast can you get them to play? Um, and, and that was probably the biggest piece of coaching advice that I could get, you know, cause I, at one point in time, I thought, the more I know schematic wise, X and O wise, the better coach I'll be. And, and that couldn't have been further from the truth. You know, I'm not the one that's playing on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I, I need, you know, it's what I can get my kids to understand and not just understand, but play with a level of confidence and speed that's going to be better than our opponent. And, and I kind of learned that over the years and I'm still learning that. I have to remind myself that all the time. I know you're a defensive minded coach. So what is the, Okay, I guess we can go college and then we can go pro. What is the uh, your favorite defense that you've seen over time in college or pro? Oh, gosh. Uh, I, you know, I think my favorite defense that I've seen at any level was uh, back when the uh, 49ers had uh, Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman. Uh, they had Justin Smith there on their D-line. I mean, they just had a real stingy defense that year. Um and uh, I actually probably should have won a Super Bowl or two with that defense and offense with this sputter with injuries at different points in time. And then I go back to when you had the uh, LSU-Alabama national title game that ended with, with nothing but field goals. Oh, yeah. Uh, those were two really good defenses. You know, Alabama's defense that year was very stingy, and uh, that, that pops out to me. And I guess I know where you're going with this question. I guess we'll just have to wait and see uh, what ends, where Georgia's defense ends up stacking up. I think they got a good test this week with Kentucky. I think Kentucky kind of uh, brings a little bit more threat than I think people realize until you really start watching them on tape a little bit. Uh, I, I don't think Kentucky will win that game by any stretch of the imagination, but I think we will see uh, Georgia's defense get tested a little bit in some different aspects. I wasn't meaning that subconsciously, but I guess I did. <laughs> uh, well, the last few times we've talked, we've always talked about Georgia's defense a little bit. So I'm interested to see how they handle some of the athletes that Kentucky has. They've got two kids that, that man, when they get out of space, they move pretty good. And uh, so, again, I don't think Kentucky has the horses to win that game by, by any means. Um, but I do think that they'll present some challenges that Georgia may not have seen just yet. You talking about Rodriguez, the, the running back? Yeah, and then they've also got another little slot receiver, uh, wing type kid that that uh, had a big game against. Um, um, shoot, I can't remember who they are against Florida uh, on okay. a couple of shoot passes there. I can't remember his name, but I was really impressed with how he moved. Uh, how do you feel about your Vols? They're they've actually put some points, in, like really put some points up on the board. You know, we had a we had lunch just a minute ago with my coaching staff because we're still on fall break, and uh, we had a practice slash walk through this morning to be sure our kids got out of bed and then I sent them home and they'll be back here in a couple hours and and uh we we've got some big time Tennessee fans on on my coaching staff and they were talking about how excited they were about the game on Saturday and I told them I'm preparing myself for a letdown and uh they kind of looked at me funny and I said y'all apparently hadn't remembered how the last decade's gone every time <laughs> we feel like we're right there to do something really really good it feels like when the bottom falls out of it but you know, there's always there's always excitement. There's always hope, and and it's it's fun to to kind of have a little bit of national attention again, which I feel like this game has. Um, you actually feel a little bit of fire again, and here's to hoping that uh, the defense shows up just a little bit. Uh, I think our offense will score. I, we went and watched them play in person. I was really impressed with what we saw, but you know, we can't let Ole Miss go score fifty either. I was about to say I can't, I can't remember who you guys were playing this weekend. Yeah, no, it'll be. Uh, 
Lane Kiffin returning to Knoxville after a long, long time from not being there. So it, it's it should be it's the atmosphere should be good and least for especially for kickoff and depending on how the game goes will depend on how much Neyland's rocking or not. Well, uh, Arkansas and Ole Miss just played this weekend. It was fifty-two, fifty-one. So I'm yeah. not sure who who has the defense there because. You know. Well, you know, uh, Ole Miss still doesn't have their defense figured out by no means. And and I don't know if Tennessee does or not. I know they've had some injuries here the last few weeks. They'll get those kids back, and that'll help. But, you know, Ole Miss is, you know, they've, they've shown over the last few years they can score points. And I just don't know if Tennessee's got the depth yet to be in a shootout with, with a, you know, with, with scoring, a scoring point match, you know. So maybe we can come up with some turnovers on defense and, and, and cash in on some points there. I think that will help. Was it Missouri you guys played last weekend? No, we played uh, South Carolina last weekend, okay. two weekends ago. Okay, I, I think it's the – was it – who just scored 63 against it? That's the number that I remember. Yeah, that was Missouri two weekends okay. ago. Okay. Put up 60-plus, yeah. Uh, so, you're starting to worry me a little bit. <laughs> well, we'll see. Again, we'll see. <laughs> don't, don't, don't get fearful yet. You know, let's see if we can uh, do it against a little bit better opponents first. Uh, it'll be a good test this week. Awesome. Well, Coach, I know you guys are prepared for the green, uh, Greenville – or Greenfield. I'm thinking of Georgia. <laughs> uh, good luck tonight, and uh, I look forward to talking to you next week. Yeah, and we'll do better by getting in touch with you on Tuesday next week. I know. I ain't worried about it. I know technology is finical. Oh, there's no doubt. Well, man, it was good talking to you again, and have a good weekend, and we'll talk to you at the beginning of next week. All right, Coach. Look forward All to right, it. See you, man. See you.